place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. It's good to be back with you, and it's good to be back home after, I guess, more than two weeks on the road. Uh, first off, covering the Shrine Game in St. Pete, then off to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. It is nice to be back at my office, at my house, recording the podcast from the comfort of where I'm used to doing it, the audio Quality is probably a little better than what you've heard over the last couple of weeks, and I'm I'm excited to get back in rhythm. It was a it was a it was a two week sprint. Had a ton of fun. Wouldn't have traded for anything. But uh, it's it's also good to be home and uh, and getting back into the groove. And and I'm excited to get back into the state of the roster series because it got derailed a little bit with some of the events of the last couple of weeks, which is fine. Uh, I thought we had uh, a lot of stuff come up with some of the coaching hires. Uh, some of the potential rumors that we covered had some great guests. We had John Ledger on to talk about uh, some of those Steelers potentials. You know, should the Bills go after Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell? Had Paige Demacos on to talk about the early Bills fantasy outlook for 2019. Kyle Krabs was on to do, to take a look at the uh, at the early draft dilemmas the Bills could be facing in a couple of months. And then, of course, Ben Solak with that in-depth discussion on Josh Allen as well as Tyree Jackson. So uh, if you missed any of those shows over the last couple of weeks, don't miss them. Go back and listen because I thought those were uh, really good. Those all, all four of those guests brought a lot of great insight to the table, and uh, I hope that you enjoyed them as much as I did interacting with them. But uh, we're back on the grind today with the State of the Roster series and we've got to talk about this interior offensive line group. Um, another another position of somewhat concern, another position where you kind of take a, a broad look at it and you say, where's, where's the upside? Uh, so just like we have with the other positions, we'll go player by player that's on the roster, talk about how they fit and what the Bills should do with them, quite honestly, uh, moving forward. So let's start with Wyatt Teller, the Bills fifth round pick last year. He is young. He's 24 years old. He'll be 25 in November. So uh, his second season in the league, he'll basically be 24 for the entire time. He got a chance to start seven games last year uh, down the stretch, which I think was really good for him to get some experience. And let's be honest, the Bills offense got better when he got into the lineup. I don't think that Teller was a dominant rookie by any means. Uh, I don't think anybody would say that. But he parallels well with Josh Allen playing better, Robert Foster and Isaiah McKenzie coming into the lineup. And the Bills took a positive turn once he was part of the mix starting at guard. So uh, while I don't think individually he was all that great, I think that you can definitely say the Bills offense got better when he was in the lineup and it was his first NFL action. And, uh, and you hope that there's a ceiling there. He's a guy that I liked a lot coming out of Virginia Tech, uh, graded him as a potential starter in the league. Um, and I think there's a ceiling for him. There's there's room for him to get better. And so if there's something to get excited about with the Bills' interior offensive line, it could be that Wyatt Teller has starting upside, got experience last year, and really should enter the 2019 season very much in the mix for the starting left guard gig 
Let's get into his contract status. He, uh, as a rookie, signed a four-year, $2.7 million deal. So he's under team control through 2021. Very modest deal given he's a fifth-round draft pick. So I, I, I'd for, you know, unless he just gets worse or there's something about him not fitting into the, to the mix, you, you anticipate Teller being part of, of the guard group uh, for a while to come. And hopefully he takes a big step uh, this offseason comes in, earns a job, and the Bills get yet another you know, day three solid starter. There's been a lot of those under Sean McDermott of the, over the last couple of drafts, and, and Teller looks like he could be that next one, but he does need to get better for him to be considered a, a truly reliable starter. But I'm optimistic. I really am. Uh, let's move on to Vladimir Dukas. He is 31 years old. He turns 32 in October. Uh, he signed a contract with the Bills a couple of seasons ago going into 2017. He signed a three-year, $3.5 million contract. He wanted to play in a ton of football for the Bills uh, over the last two seasons. He's a favorite of Juan Castillo, the Bills' fired offensive line coach, and I think there's a soft spot for him based on their time together uh, at Baltimore. And he wound up playing a lot for the Bills. I don't think he's necessarily a, a player that you want to have as your starting guard. I, I don't think that you would look at a lot of offensive lines across the NFL and say Vlad Dukas is, is a desirable starter. He did start uh, nine games for the Bills last season. And if there's anything you can say positive about him is that he he does have a lot of game experience under his belt, which is is kind of lacking when you think about the Bills guard position. Uh, we'll get into the other guys that are under contract uh, and you'll, you'll see that if there's anything that he does provide, it is that veteran, uh, that, game, that, that game experience. And, and, you know, we talked about Jeremiah Searles uh, with the offensive tackle group, but the good thing about him is he does have that position flexibility to kick inside and play guard. And so, you know, I don't know what the direction the Bills will take with John Miller, who we're going to talk about in just a second here. But uh, if they were to bring him back, I think that would very much put Ducasse's uh, status with the team in jeopardy, especially now that Juan Castillo is gone. Uh, the Bills could get out of his deal. If they were to cut him uh, this offseason, they could save uh, almost $2 million in cap space. Uh, and, and so it may be worth it. But, you know, one thing we've mentioned throughout this series is that the Bills are in really good cap space. And so clearing up space is not necessarily something they have to do, right? So they could just let Ducasse come back, be a veteran backup, compete for a starting gig, and let his contract ex expire and him be an unrestricted free agent in 2020. So, uh, again, not a lot of upside here. I think we know who Ducasse is in the league, and ideally he's not starting, and that you can find a a more enticing more high upside guy to uh, to put in and, and bring his bring in as part of this uh, this competition uh, and what will probably be a very a very open competition for the guard spots. Uh, let's move on to John Miller. John Miller, his time with the Bills, uh, well at least his initial rookie contract is expired. He was a third round pick, the number eighty one overall pick in twenty fifteen. He's played his four seasons. He signed a four year two point nine million dollar contract. And his contract has expired. Uh, it's a, he's had an interesting run with the Bills. Let me actually talk about his age real quick. 24 years old. He turns 25 in August. So he'll be basically 25 going into uh, his uh, the next season. And so you'd like to think he's, he's probably about to hit his prime as a player. Uh, Miller started off as a rookie starter, and I thought he played really well. And then the next couple seasons, he really tapered off. And then he started 15 games last season for the Bills. 
And, you know, look, I mean, I, I think right now he, he appears to be like a replacement-level player. I don't think there's enough high points in his game to overlook the low points where you feel like he's getting in trouble with penalties from time to time, not necessarily getting his job done in pass pro. Uh, he's been part of uh, Bill's a good Bill's offensive line four years ago, and then he's been part of last year's group. Uh, and I know that he put in a ton of work in the offseason. I, I pay attention to what he does closely. And I don't know that it necessarily resulted in good results. And so uh, what, did, what did Rex Ryan say? And I hate to pull in Rex Ryan, but if he ever said anything good, it was actually this. He said, don't confuse effort with results. And so I think that's probably the case with Miller, where I think he's put in a lot of time. And hope, you'd hope to have seen the best version of him last year going into the contract season. Uh, but he seems pretty average. I don't think you you bring him back and say, this is our guy. We're committed to John Miller as the starting guard because I don't think he's given you any reason to believe that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his market is. I don't, I'm not sure it'll be overly high. Maybe some teams will go back to their pre-draft assessment where you know, he was kind of – everybody kind of valued him as that day-two type player that could be a starter. But his film resume in the NFL doesn't necessarily give a lot of excitement, if you will, about – what he can be in the NFL. So uh, his his market will be interesting to monitor. Sean McDermott knows him, and we know, and I've met, I've say, I almost feel like I say this every day, but he's McDermott's picky about the guys that are going to be in the locker room. And so they know who Miller is. They know his work ethic. They know his habits. And so you'll, you'll find out everything you need to know, like if the Bills make a run at him or if there's pretty much no dialogue and he goes signs with another team. Uh, whether or not he was a guy that fit, but he did hang around for two seasons with McDermott and is a cast over from the previous regime. So that does say something uh, for Miller. Uh, I don't know if he can get better, um, but if he can and you can get him on a modest deal, a very modest deal that's team-friendly, that's incentive-laden, maybe it'd be worth it. But I I got a feeling Miller's kind of peaked as a player, more of a depth guy, spot starter, ideally not a guy that you trot out for 16 games a year as your starting guard. Let's move on to Ike Butker. This is a guy it feels like the Bills like a lot. Like they they kept rotating him him in like a, randomly throughout the course of last season. It felt like McDermott said a lot of good things about him. And so I don't know if this is going to be one of those great stories of a player that, you know, winds up coming in, he's he's undrafted and winds up being a reliable starter, but it sounds like the Bills are going to kind of give him a chance to prove that he can be that based on which you can gather from, the, like I said, the way that he sprinkled into the lineup and, and, again, positive comments from Coach McDermott about him uh, on the regular. Uh, Bakker, he is 24 years old, turns 25 in October, so he'll basically be 25 years old uh, towards the end, midway through uh, his, his next season in the NFL. Um, he has signed a contract with the Bills, a three-year one point seven million dollar contract so he's under control through 2020 and then he's actually a restricted free agent in 2021 so there's a lot of team control uh, ahead for Bakker he's from Iowa which is sometimes a good thing when it comes to offensive linemen there's they're known to produce some good offensive linemen there those corn fed offensive linemen uh and, and I think he'll be part of of the competition uh, next year. I really do believe that. And so he'll be a player to monitor throughout camp and OTAs and obviously the preseason to see if he's worthy of a job. But it seems like there's something here that uh, McDermott, McDermott and company are interested in cultivating. And uh, we'll see if he gets a real shake at being a starting guard. But I expect him to be around uh, next season. So that kind of sums up the guard position where it's basically 
Dukas, who's who's technically under contract, Teller, some upside there, Botker, uh, who they want to have in the mix, and then John Miller, whose contract is up, and I'm not exactly sure it's going to be a priority for Buffalo to bring him back. Looking ahead to the center position, I think this is a really important position on this team. I think you can look across the landscape of the NFL and and you can see the impact a quality center can have on a unit. And right now, you don't get overly excited about these centers on the Bills roster. Uh, you got to start the discussion. I guess we can start where we don't have to, but we'll start the discussion with Ryan Groy, who... Is uh, his contract is up with the Bills? He signed a two-year, five million dollar deal, entering the 2017 season, and he's played out his contract, and it's now expired. He started fifth, uh, started six games for the Bills last year. He actually won the starting job, got replaced by Russell Bodine, and then when Russell Bodine got hurt, Groy stepped back in and started. And you know, Groy flashed. He really did have a nice stretch filling in for Eric Wood when he got injured for that one season. And, and if you'll recall, there's a lot of concern that he might leave. And there was that, you know, that he signed a, signed the tender with, uh, with the Rams and then the Bills wind up matching. And everyone was really relieved to get him back because we, there, there was a belief that he could really develop into uh, a quality starting offensive lineman. Well, uh, after a year of being basically a backup, uh, he was thrust back into the lineup this past season and he struggled. And so, you love the per- position flexibility. You know he can play guard and center. You like that he's got experience. He's 28 years old. Uh, he'll be 29 uh, bas- at the end of September. Uh, and so you like the experience and versatility, but you know it seems like he's a lower-tier backup. Well, he's probably a quality backup, but a very low-tier lower tier starter. And so kind of like Miller, but maybe even less of a ceiling, you like the idea uh, of – you just don't know. You just don't know what, what's going to happen with Groy, if he's going to be a priority to get brought back. But I think you can kind of look at this Bills offensive line and say the the cast of characters from last year's really really didn't get it done. And so I'm not sure what the appeal is in bringing back these this the same mix of guys hoping for different results uh, when when guys like John Miller and Ryan Groy and free agent in contract years didn't play their best football. And then, you know, some of the younger guys, we had hoped to see more growth, and that's hopefully going to happen now that there's a new offensive line coach in place. But Groy's one of those guys that just didn't – he never took another step. And, uh, again, I'm not sure what the appeal is to bring him back other than experience and position flexibility. Let's, uh, let's carry this discussion over to Russell Bodine, who was a disaster for the Bengals, but he was clearly the better starter between Groy and Bodine – between him himself and Groy – between himself and Croy, excuse me, uh, last season. Uh, the Bills' offensive line was better when Russell Boyd, Bodine was part of the mix. Uh, he signed a deal going into last season, a two-year, $5 million contract. Uh, he is age 26. He'll turn 27 in June, so he'll basically be tw- he will be 27 next season. He started 10 games for the Bills last year, and uh, the Bills could cut him and save – I get well, actually, about over two and a half million dollars. Uh, if they were to, oh, two point three million dollars, they would save by cutting him. But I, they they may they may want to bring him back and and have him as part of the mix uh, to to be the starting center, right? I don't know if they're going to draft somebody, if they're going to make a run at a free agent like a Matt Paradis or something like that. 
But Bodine, uh, with what he did show in 10 starts, probably uh, illustrated that he deserved to be brought back as part of the mix and given a chance to compete for a job on that interior offensive line. So, again, like we said with Dukas, not a whole lot of incentive based on the Bills' uh, plethora of cap space to really move on from a, a veteran, but we'll see. You know, Maybe the Bills just want to get a different mix of guys in there and um, – and see if they can take take a turn here with this offensive line group. So um, there you have it. That, that's basically the Bills' interior offensive line situation, and you don't really get the warm fuzzies talking about it, right? I mean, hopefully Wyatt Teller can really emerge. Maybe maybe there's something in Ike Botker. There's some average to very below average players in Vlad Dukas and who knows what's going to be the deal with Russell Bodine if he can come back from that injury and and continue to grow as a player because it seemed like he got better with the Bills compared to what he was with the Bengals. But this is a position where more talent is needed, more youth, more quality youth is needed, and I expect there to be a lot of new pieces in this position group, be it via free agent, be it the uh, the draft, some some fresh bodies in here and. One thing I will say after being at the Senior Bowl last week is the interior offensive line group was outstanding. I mean, there's some really quality interior offensive linemen in this draft. We're going to talk about them in depth in the coming weeks, but just to kind of give you some names to be thinking about, Boston College uh, guard Chris Lindstrom, Charlotte guard Nate Davis, North Carolina State center Garrett Bradbury, the two Wisconsin guards, Bo Benchwazel and Michael Dieter, Dalton Risner from Kansas State. You can argue he's a tackle. There's guys this year, man. There are guys, the, the both of the Oklahoma guys, Ben Powers and Drew Samia. So I think there's a lot of guys that you feel comfortable with in this coming draft to get some quality young talent uh, added to the mix here. And so hopefully the Bills will will exhaust some resources into that, if not making a run at some of the uh, the free agent options and, and putting up some money into this, this important position group to get the run blocking going, to get that protection for Josh Allen, and, and get this offense right. Uh, moving forward so there you have it guys we'll be back again for you tomorrow uh, to continue the state of the roster series my plan is to do wide receivers so we'll tie a ribbon on the offense uh, and get into some of those get into all of the wide receivers and then turn our attention to the defensive side of the football the rest of the week follow me on twitter do that at the joe marino would love to continue the discussion with you there follow the podcast on twitter at lockdown bills would always appreciate subscribing to the podcast, leaving a five-star review, and leaving some kind words as well is always much appreciated. Until tomorrow, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Bill.